You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 204. In this episode, I'll share what I learned from doing 200 episodes in 10 months. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's episode is about everything I've learned from launching The Sigrun Show back in August 2017 until I recorded episode 200. I'll share the good and the bad about doing a podcast and so many episodes in such a short time and how it has benefited my business in a big way. To grab the show notes of this episode, go to sigrun.com forward slash 204. Good things take time. I'm all for taking fast action, but sometimes it pays off to take it slow. I took my time to think about whether or not I should do a podcast. Doing a podcast is a big commitment and not something you should decide lightly. I needed to understand why I was doing it and have the feeling I had enough content to do a podcast. Once I finally decided to go ahead and launch a podcast, I took fast action. But it all starts with being inspired. In my first year of business, it didn't even enter my mind to start a podcast. But in my second year of business, I started to think about it. And my third year of business, I really started considering it. But, and it was a big but, I didn't buy into the idea yet. I was still in the mindset of getting leads at all costs which meant I did over 100 webinars, created loads of freebies and focused all my efforts on building my list until I realized that this thinking was actually holding back my growth. My email list stopped growing because there was no content to consume before you signed up. Yes, I had a few blog posts and videos, but I did not put out content on a regular basis, so there wasn't a lot of content to consume before you had to give me your email address. And in my fourth year of business, I finally made the shift. And it was a mindset shift. I realized in order to grow my business, I needed to make my content easily available. I had all this amazing content after three years in business, but very few knew about it. Launching a podcast started to make so much sense to me. I admitted to myself that I wasn't going to blog regularly. It just took too much of an effort mentally to sit down and blog. I loved doing webinars and Facebook Lives, but I wasn't excited about doing pre-recorded videos that I would then have to edit. Podcasting started to feel so much more attractive to me. I attended Social Media Marketing World 2017, like I do every year since five years, and there I got inspired by Kate Erickson when she talked about how she launched her podcast, Kate's Take. It all looked so easy. Her setup was easy. She had a simple microphone and a laptop and her earbuds, and she read her blog posts. 
And wow, there was like a light bulb going off in my head thinking, that's exactly what I need to do. I need to just read out my webinars, read out my blog posts. And from there, I knew I would be inspired to create fresh new content. I also got inspired by Mark Schaefer, who had just released the book Known and talked about people who did something out of the ordinary, like this guy who did 200 YouTube videos in 200 days, and none of them went viral. But by doing them so consistently and so frequently, he was able to attract the attention to need it to take his business off the ground. So it was end of March 2017 when I decided to launch a podcast. And four months later, I launched it. And what did I do in those four months? First, I wrote down ideas for 100 podcast episodes on the plane, on the way back from San Diego to Zurich. When I got back home, I reached out to a podcast editor that I had already contacted a few months earlier. I had bespoke music made for me based on music that I liked. On my next trip to New York, I got the gear that I wanted to record the podcast. And then I dove into planning out the first episodes based on the ideas that I had already had. I immediately had the idea of three types of podcast episodes. Solo episodes, so listener would get to know me and what I stand for. Honor coaching, so listener would see me in action and trust me as a mentor. And guest speakers, who were people I want to interview for various reasons. In most cases, because I admire something that I've been doing and I want to share that with my listeners. I mapped out all the first podcast episodes and was reordering them again and again and again until I felt happy about the order. I remember my husband not seeing the point of me repeatedly reordering the episodes and not getting going with the recording, but I wanted to get it right from the get-go and I was so happy that I took the time. Yes, it is a frustrating period, all this planning and not getting started and at some point I realized during those four months that I was actually starting to procrastinate. I couldn't get going on recording my solo episodes. I had lined up the first guest speakers, obviously Kate Erickson and Mark Schaeffer, makes sense, because these were the people who inspired me to launch the podcast. So I had already recorded the episodes with them, but I couldn't get going on the first episodes on my solo episodes. And I realized something that I always need to do when I really get to this point. I needed to make a public commitment on when my podcast launch would be. And once I did that, things started going. Just a few days before we launched, I had recorded several episodes. I realized we needed a show note writer as well. It was not enough to have a podcast editor and have the music. Somebody needed to write up a summary of the episodes once they were recorded. And first I had the naive idea that I would do it or uh, my online business manager would do it, but we are both busy running the business. And this was an extra task that takes more time to the untrained, let's say I or listener and a professional show writer is much, much faster. And that was a very wise decision to hire someone for that task. I launched on August 2nd with 10 episodes and did daily episodes for 100 days. In the beginning, we were way ahead with the episodes, but the last episode of the 100 was recorded at midnight, the night before it was released. And I was 
Yes, I was getting a little bit tired and I was so relieved that they were done with the 100 episodes. But I did not want to go to a weekly episode because I felt I had so much more to share myself. I'm a natural storyteller. I love telling stories. So I know there's just so much in me to share. And I wanted to have more on-air coachings. I have all these great clients in my programs and I want to give them the opportunity to get one-on-one coaching with me. And since I don't do that anymore, this is the one and perfect way I find to do that publicly. And it's a win-win for both. And then there are so many amazing guest speakers that I still haven't interviewed. So the decision was made to do three episodes a week, which is exactly this order of solo episode, on-air coaching, and guest speakers. And sometimes I change the order. Yes, sometimes I change the order. (laughs) I made such an effort in the beginning of my launch to have it all perfectly ordered. But sometimes there's reason. For instance, when I have a launch, I rather have case studies from clients who have already achieved success. So then I'm not doing honor coaching. I'm not interviewing guest speakers because it distracts from the launch. And then if I'm actually in the middle of the launch itself or preparing for a launch, I may not have the time to record many solo episodes, which are the, you know, takes the biggest time because I have to prepare and then record. When you interview someone else, it's so much faster and easier. And sometimes it's good to have a batch of recordings of guest speakers that people and my listeners would love to listen to. So yes, I've, I've not been 100% sticking to the order, but mostly we do solo on our coaching and guest speakers. So I want to dive into the key learnings that I've had from doing 200 episodes in a little bit more than 10 months. So my key learnings from this journey is good things take time. When you do a big project like a podcast and you take your time to plan everything like I did and create a plan that your whole team understands and can work with. My super duper Excel sheet is probably one of the most valuable assets we have on our podcast team and not probably, it is. We look at this Excel sheet every single day. I look at it when I'm planning future episodes and thinking about which are the next guest speakers, who do I need to reach out to, when do I need to record certain episodes. My team checks in and see what has already been recorded. And the team also checks in what needs to be done next. And everybody makes their tick in the box when they've done their part. So it's very, very valuable to plan things well and take time for it when it's a big project like a podcast Second, hire a team to help you. Of course, you can edit and summarize your podcast episodes yourselves. And there are people who do it and they're good at it, but I do not recommend it. It's taking time from other things that you are better at. I could not have done 200 episodes in 10 months without my amazing podcast team. I'm responsible for getting guests, as I mentioned, and clients on my show and recording the episodes, but then my job is done. Somebody else is editing the podcast, somebody else is summarizing it, and somebody else is putting up the blog post, creating the graphic, doing the tweets, and I can use my time for what I'm best at. Number three, repurpose previous content. I had loads of content after doing 100 webinars and about 30 blog posts and writing regular newsletters for over three years. Everywhere where I looked, there was content that I could use for the podcast that very few knew about. And even if you haven't done 100 webinars, I bet if you look into your email system 
or anywhere on your Google Drive and Dropbox, you will find content that you can use when you launch a podcast. Number four, remember to market your podcast. I was so focused on recording all the 100 episodes that I almost forgot to market the podcast. You need to remember to email all your guests and let them know that the podcast episode went live. Don't expect them to share it, but just let them know. Use all social media channels to market your podcast. And don't forget to use Facebook ads as well. Recording a podcast and publishing it overall is one thing, but people will still not find it unless you let them know that this exists. Number five, podcast launch can fuel your program launch. I launched my podcast strategically one month before a Samba launch, and I could immediately see some benefit. A bigger benefit came a few months later when I officially launched my mastermind groups and sold them all out. Revenue-wise, I made two-thirds of my revenue of 2017 after the podcast launch, and although I don't think it's all thanks to the podcast, I truly believe that it would not have happened without the podcast. 2017 was the year that I made $1 million in one year, partly thanks to the podcast. Podcast is a nurture tool. That's my number six takeaway. Many launch a podcast in the hope to acquire more leads, but I've made a different insight. Most of my listeners are already on my email list, and what the podcast does is build a relationship of know, like, and trust, so that when the next launch comes along, many of my listeners are ready to take action and join one of my programs. I don't even think that so many leads come directly from the podcast, and therefore I think it's not so important to have a call to action every episode like I did in the beginning of my podcast launch. Number seven, podcast is a networking tool. When you ask an influencer to be a guest on your podcast, almost everyone says yes. And then you have the chance to chat a little bit before and after the recording and build a relationship to this person. I've had many amazing guests on my podcast and not a single person has said no to my ask on coming on the show. A few have asked me to reach out later, but more than 90% have said yes immediately. So please don't be afraid to ask someone to come on your show. Don't expect anything to come out of the networking right away. If appropriate, reach out to some of your guests again, like I did for episode 200, when 13 of my guest speakers came back on the show to share their biggest lesson in business. Number eight, conferences get a new purpose. I had not thought of this when I started the podcast, but I feel like I'm on a mission when I go to conferences after I launch my podcast. I'm always on the lookout for potential guest speakers and walk up to the keynote speakers right after they speak on stage to ask them if they're willing to come on my show. And again, everyone says yes, and then it's up to me to follow up with them to make sure that it actually happens. Number nine, repurpose your podcast content. Once you've recorded a podcast episode, there is so much you can do with the content. First of all, we have a show notes summary written up by our wonderful show note writer. Then we have a 30 second video file created from key piece of audio from the episode and we merge that with an image from the show. Then there's one tweetable sentence in a blog post after each episode. We also have every episode transcribed for future purposes. And last but not least, all episodes except solo episodes are recorded on video so that we have video material ready when we'll reactivate my YouTube channel. 
These are five pieces of content from one episode. And you could even create more with quote images, more tweetables, little videos that have text floating over them, and so much more. The key is to create that first original content piece and then have the ideas and a team that can chop up your content into many more content pieces. My new podcast, Sigrun Sparks, is largely created from snippets from The Sigrun Show with a twist because I always have new stories to share, but the original content saves me time and energy and gets my creative juices flowing to create those 90 seconds of daily inspiration. Number 10. It's the best thing I've done to market my business. It took me a lot of time to decide to do a podcast and then I took some time planning the podcast and now looking back on over 200 episodes, I couldn't be prouder of me and my team for what we put together. It's the single best thing I've done to market my business. That's it. It's simply the best thing. Want to know how I built my business? In the seven stages video series, I share case studies from my business so you can build your business faster. Go to sig.com forward slash 204 to sign up and there you also get the show notes. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.